0: Braves, Bulldogs, Falcons, Yellow Jackets, Hawks, Eagles. From the heart of Georgia, it's the Bill Shank Show. Our number
1: three of the Bill Shanks Show. Russ Brown and Steve Norris in for Bill this afternoon, and we're taking your phone calls at 478-646-ESPN. Anywhere you want to go in the world of sports is fine with us. A huge sports weekend coming up. As we've got the uh, Tiger Woods tournament, uh, which the Genesis, uh, Daytona 500, the NBA All Star weekend, the XFL starts. For those of you that are in- interested in what my son calls off brand football, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I-, I thought that was a Canadian football. <laughs> it, well, yeah,
1: I was watching. Yeah, yeah, that was. And ironically enough, I was watching a Ticats game. I think it was last August. And uh, he just walked in the room and said, What kind of off brand football are you watching now? <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice.
1: So there's a a lot of stuff coming going on this weekend. And also, uh, we're, we're, we've asked the question uh, for folks to call in and just share your favorite baseball story. It could be about a game. We've had some good ones about a game or interactions with players or, you know, random player sightings. And uh, we've had some really cool stories today, and it's been a lot of fun. So if you've got a favorite baseball story you'd like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, real quick, we got Georgia and Georgia Tech in action right now with the opening of the college baseball season. Georgia uh, was down five to nothing early after Coming three back. innings. Yeah, they've cut it to five to four now as they're headed to the bottom half of the sixth inning. So the Bulldogs getting themselves back in it, and the uh, Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets put a nine spot on the board in the first inning. So they lead Miami of Ohio nine to nothing. That's in the bottom half of the second inning, and uh, Georgia Southern is getting set to open their season against West Virginia tonight at six thirty. From J.I. Clement Stadium. Now, right before we went to break, Steve threw out this trivia question. And I'm terrible at trivia, by the way. But I do enjoy it. Um, and that is a former, or not former, but a Heisman Trophy winner who played at Luther Williams Field here Correct. in
2: Macon. And I have no clue. Are you ready? D- d- yes. Ricky Williams. Really? In a career that spanned 1999 to 2011, Williams rushed for a little over 10,000 yards in 11 seasons. What is less known is that Williams spent four years as a professional baseball player. The Philadelphia Phillies drafted him in the eighth round of the 1995 Amateur Draft. Drafted by the Phillies in the 1995 MLB Draft, Williams played minor league baseball while tearing up college football defenses at the University of Texas. The 1998 Heisman Trophy winner had always wanted to excel in baseball, but he had a choice to make after the New Orleans Saints chose him with the first pick or or the number one pick, their number one pick. And so, yeah, wow. There he... you go, bud. I know. I I remember. I remember when I saw that, I was like, "What, Ricky Williams?" I thought it was going to be like Bo Jackson, or yeah. something like that. You know,
1: he played. He played for the Piedmont Bowl Weevils, who were in the '96 and '97 seasons, and they were in the Sally League.
2: Yep. Now he he hadn't won the Heisman yet when he when he played there. Yeah. Uh, but that's still that. Yeah. That doesn't. And he put up some pretty pretty tripping.
1: bad numbers himself.
2: <laughs> yeah. He, well, well, that's why he went pro. Yeah. Well. And then chose to smoke weed instead of actually playing football <laughs> with the Dolphins.
1: <laughs> the interesting character there, and the think, yep. and the Saints gave up their entire draft for him oh, man, when Mike yeah. Dickett was the head coach. Yep. Oh, good stuff! Four seven eight six four six ESPN. Let's get back to the phones now. Johnny is in making. Hey, Johnny.
3: Hey, man. I got two or three stories. I don't know how much time I got, but
1: as, not, um, as much as you need.
3: I coached my son all during the league, and I was a big baseball nut. Um, but one of the best games I remember him playing is um, it was the first year that kids could pitch in Von Engel, and uh, we were the Braves, of course, and. Um, your your pitchers could only pitch three innings in a six-inning game. So most teams had two pitchers. Um, and so it came down to us and Jim Gaudet's team championship, his son, Jody, Joby. And um, if we were, it was one-to-one after six innings, believe it or not, on a nine-year-old team. And both teams had pitched their best pitchers, so we had to go to number three, which hadn't pitched all year. Oh, man. And the game ended up going to nine innings. Both of those kids came in and just did an awesome job. We lost two to one. And that was, that was, that's one of my best games I ever remember. Wow. Yeah. Um, another game, I was at the, the last game Chipper Jones played when they had the um, infield fly rule. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people, I don't guess they remember, is like the inning before that, Chipper went to. Uh, turn a double play, and he threw the ball in the right field.
1: Um, I do remember that. Uh,
2: yeah.
3: Remember. And, um, and so anyway, the, I was standing up in the part where you can stand it's pretty much see the whole stadium. And they came back with the ruling on the infield fly, and the fans were just hollering and booing. And after a couple of minutes, and they had given out these um, Chipper Jones big cups that day. Of course, everybody had one. And after about a minute or two of everybody booing, here comes one out of right field upper deck. Here comes one of those mugs all the way down to the field. And as soon as that thing hit the ground, it was like somebody turned on a faucet. And everybody said, yeah. And they threw their cups out on the field all at one time. And just to see that, that was just hilarious, I thought. That was just... uh,
2: Yeah, I remember that very well. And that's why they're very careful about giveaway days.
3: Yeah. No doubt. And Andrew Jones did play in Macon Braves because that same year I went down there. Yeah. And um, I, we, they will let your kid go out and stand with one of the players. So I was a coach. I sent my son to center field. And so he oh. got to stand with Andrew, and I got a little picture and all.
1: Oh, that's awesome. That was cool. Yeah. Well, hey, Johnny, thanks for calling in, man. Good stuff.
3: All right, brother. Have a good thanks, weekend.
1: Buddy. That's 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 really neat right there. That's a good memory, and and I know the the little that, you know. Every, I think a lot of us could have a good little league story, but that's a two to one nine inning game when you're onto your third pitchers for nine year olds. That's yeah, I, I, you don't see that very often. No,
2: that's rare that they would get the ball. You know, your non usual pitchers would be getting the ball over the plate. Yeah. And not even even with the what they do, somebody not cranking one. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: And somebody's gonna throw, you know, throw it into left field and three runs are gonna score at some yep, point.
2: Yep, exactly.
1: Four seven eight six four six ESPN. Let's go to Jeff in Centerville. Hey Jeff.
3: Hey man, I was just curious, are the Falcons going to pick up any offensive linemen this year or are they set?
1: Uh that's a that's a really good question, Jeff. I uh, appreciate the phone call. I mean obviously um, you know, they got to figure out what they didn't want to do with Caleb McGarry's contract. Um, they've got $60 million to spend in free agency. And, and, and this is really – this is my question. And this would be more for an NFL front office type. You know, there, there's needs all over the place. Oh, yeah. But Definitely. pass rush is a big need. Offensive line, I think, is, is also a big need. Specifically pass protection. And that so they're going to have the free agency period before the draft. Is it cheaper to buy for lack of a better term pass protection or pass rush in free agency cuz I think that's going to dictate what they do in free agency and in the draft. In other words, if it's cheaper to go find an offensive lineman, get that in free agency and then have a pass rush or a edge rusher on a rookie deal to help you out with
2: the cap. I don't know. This is your area, Russ. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, that's a great question. Thanks for calling in. I have no idea. Um, I've already said earlier that I mean they've got to rebuild the lines. I mean, please get defensive line and offensive line help. They, you know, I mean Ritter's going to be the quarterback, right? They're not going to go get another quarterback. I, I don't so. think it's going to happen.
1: I hope so. I have I have a friend uh, that is. 100% convinced that they're going to draft Anthony Richardson. I
2: don't know why, but I mean... Would you rather have Anthony Richardson or Justin Fields? Justin Fields. Okay. I want to make sure we still have our sanity at <laughs> the <as a> normal <laughs> I mean,
1: level here. That's, <laughs> the, that's okay. a no-brainer for me. <laughs> that's an absolute no-brainer. And Well, and if the Bears shot Justin Fields because he's from the Atlanta area...
2: Oh, he'd be huge. Yeah, I mean that that marketing-wise it would be a big deal. I mean yeah. they would sell all kinds of Fields jerseys if he played right. for the Falcons.
1: Yeah. But I do think that would be a step backwards. Not not necessarily from Desmond Ritter, but the draft picks you'd have to give up to get him. Right. And then you you're still right where you are. It's just instead of a a guy who's played four games going into year 2, you have a guy that's played a lot more games going into year 3 that's still developing. And
2: you're going to have to pay him.
1: And eventually, yeah, you're a lot closer to having to pay him than right. you are. Desmond Ritter so I but yeah I I think you know well and to answer the question I I I think you're going to see them address the offensive line whether it's you know they've been linked to Skaronsky from Northwestern in the draft um I don't know if they'll do it in the draft but I think you'll see I think you'll see them add offensive line help to this team I do
2: yeah, I stopped trying to guess what the Falcons are going to do with the draft a long time ago. Yeah, you're, you're going to lose a lot of money
1: there. You're a lot smarter than me. I still stay. hey,
2: this, is, this <laughs> like would the be the smart Like the of the name. flame. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: No, they get me every time. They get me every time. Yeah. They really do. And I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to be like, the eighth pick's going to come up, and I'm going to be like, oh, trade back, trade back, trade back, trade back. Somebody's going to want to come get Richardson before the Panthers, and then they're going to take Anthony Richardson, and then – but the
2: eighth pick, the Falcons yeah. select,
1: Will Levis. Whoa,
2: no, what?
1: Oh, gosh. I'd <laughs> rather have Richardson. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Let's right. yeah. let's let's change the subject. 478-646-ESPN. <laughs> six, six Chuck is in Byron. Hey, Chuck, how you doing?
0: All right, Russ. Good to talk to you, man. Hope you all are doing well.
4: Yeah, man.
1: I'm great, man. I,
0: I've got one for you. Uh, you. Russ, you should know this. <laughs> what team holds the most home runs in one game in NCAA baseball? Do you know who that was?
2: Was it LSU?
1: Russ, you should know this. Is one. it? Is it? Is it, It's not Georgia Southern, is it?
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. Wow. When? Uh, wow. I think it was in '08. Yeah. '08 versus Columbia. They had 14 home runs. Now, I haven't looked at it lately, but I think it still stands. I mean, 14 it's, it's home
1: 13. runs. Yeah, in 2000. Yeah.
0: In uh, in '08. Are you looking at it, Russ?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna pull it up because there was. I can't. I'm, I'm trying to remember the. Who was the guy's name that – he ended up with the Brewers. I'm drawing a complete and total blank here.
2: What was the final score? Um, Must have been like 33 to 10 or something. I, I,
1: yeah, I had, I'd i have to pull it up and refresh my memory. But, yeah, that was – yeah, that, they hit 14 home runs. Um, and that was the record. Um,
2: Man, I would hope so. Chris,
1: I found the article here on ESPN.com. Um Chris Sheehan and Griffin Benedict had two homers. Um, they had 12 players hit a home run that day. Uh, they won the game 26-8 to eight over Columbia.
2: 26-8. to eight. Well, that's close.
0: Who's Benedict's son.
1: Um... Yeah, that's right. That's right. Griffin Benedict, that's right. He sure was. Hey, good. that's a, a good memory there. Chuck, appreciate the phone call.
0: It was all. It was awesome. I was there. It was really cool. But I mean, I just I, I had to have. I I had to ask you that one.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm guessing the wind was blowing out that day. <laughs>
0: well, uh, <laughs> that may have been part of. It. <laughs> There's home run
2: contests that don't have 14 home runs.
0: In. Yep. <laughs> we'll we'll like to talk talk to you about that one on the side.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Take care. Nice. Have a good weekend. All right, Russ, you too, y'all too. Thanks, yeah, buddy. We'll appreciate it. it. Oh gosh, there were, I can't think of the the name now though. Who the, the, the There was a guy on that team. Oh man. But anyway, yeah, I I, I do vaguely remember that the the twenty six to eight and um, the, I, I would want to say the game probably took like four and a half five hours.
2: Uh, yeah, no kidding. Just from the home run trots. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean. Wow! All right, that's a
1: good baseball memory. I will foul that one away. That's a that's a real good baseball memory.
2: We're getting all kinds of trivia here today, Russ.
1: Yeah, and and Victor Roche. Okay, Victor Roche was the p- player I was trying to think of. He was not on that team, um, but he was. He could hit. I mean, he hit bombs when he was at
2: Georgia Southern. Has Georgia Southern ever made the uh, College World Series?
1: Yeah, um, I'm trying. I'm I'm blanking on the year, but yes, um, and I want to say.
2: Say, I thought they had made it once or twice before, but I I, I can't. I don't have that kind of memory stored away. Yet.
1: Yeah, I, I, like I said, I'm bad with with um, trivia and, and things like that. Um, they went to the College World Series in 73 and
2: 90. And Oh, that's right. 90 was the year Georgia won it.
1: Yep, Georgia won it that year. And yeah. uh, Colin found the call from the 73 game. And the, the, we'll replay that sometimes on the rain delays, which wow. is pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, seventy three in
2: nineteen ninety. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching that World Series that Georgia kind of came out of nowhere and uh, beat Pete Encavilla and in Oklahoma State to Pete win the Incaviglia. championship. Yeah, to win the championship, and it was a one game thing back then. Yeah. Um, for the championship, and had it been that way in two thousand eight, Georgia would have won it. Because they beat Fresno State the first game, and then they just fell off a cliff the next two games. Fresno State, I think they came close to hitting 14 home runs <laughs> in a game. It was bad. Yeah,
1: very bad. Hey, we've got uh, some break. Let me change the subject here a little bit. But breaking news out of the National Football League. Okay. And this is just odd to me. The Washington Commanders have hired Eric Bieniemy to be their offensive coordinator. Uh. They it's were talking official. about
2: that on Dan Patrick. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Well, good for him. Because um, I, I, I think, I mean, he's been behind uh, Andy Reid. You know, I don't think he's gotten enough credit for what for what the teams no, have done. He
1: hasn't. And 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 Andy Reid even tries to give him that credit. And the fact that he has to go take an offensive coordinator job with another team. To prove himself as a head coach when there have been coaches in this league that didn't have to do that is ridiculous. I hope whenever Eric Bieniemy gets to be a head coach, I hope he's the next Bill Belichick. I really do. Yeah,
2: because he's been through it, and he certainly deserved to be hired to this point. Um, but, I mean, what do you do? I mean, I, again, I guess he just doesn't interview well. I, I don't know. I mean, what does he got do to do perf- to prove himself? He's coached in three Super Bowls now and won two of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, we've heard everything. We've heard there's issues in his past. We've heard well, he's never called plays. We've heard well, he doesn't interview well. We've heard well, he's too old school. Right. Like, how about how about success? Is he a winner? Is he good at what he does? Because I mean, are, are we try? Are you trying to win a football game or not? Because to me, like, if I'm if I own an NFL team or if I'm the head of a college football program, the the, the everything we do is is geared towards one thing: winning. Winning. Are we making the best choice possible in order to win a football game? I don't give a damn about ticket sales, or popularity, or where our brand is. You know why? Because if you win, all that stuff takes care of itself.
2: Cures all ills.
1: I mean, that's it. Winning. Uh, and for that guy to be a play designer for the Kansas City Chiefs, and and I think I and I and I do wonder if part of it is is Patrick Mahomes. Can you do that without Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback? And that – okay. Where does Washington pick? Um, that's a good question. I um, wonder if they'll trade up. That's a – that's another really good question. I wonder if if they would try to be in the market for one of these quarterbacks in this year's draft, although it seems like the 16th. So, I mean, they'd have to give up a lot to come up there. Uh,
2: but I don't know. We'll see. But this hiring may signal – you know, a, a trade draft day. I,
1: I, we'll, we'll see. I'm going to see. The, I know they've got um, – Because who's their quarterback? Sam Howell is their quarterback. Yeah. So, former uh, 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 North Carolina quarterback there. T- Taylor Heineke is the backup. Carson Wentz is the third-teamer. And Jake Fromm, I forgot about that. Yeah,
2: that's right. He's still he, hanging he's on. He's on
1: the roster, still hanging in there.
2: Sorry, some of you Georgia haters, <laughs> Fromm I just, haters out there. But he's still in the pros.
1: Man, I really thought I, – I, I still can't believe he fell all the way to the fifth round. I thought I thought Jake Fromm was going to be a lot to be a first-round pick.
2: I, I thought Fromm should have stayed another year, but the problem was it was so toxic there at the end of the 2019 season. I mean, you – it was ridiculous. Uh, we had a faction of our fan base that had just absolutely hated the guy. Yeah. Was absolutely sure that, you know, because he was it's, around, Justin Fields, if he had just stayed, we would have won a national championship. Well – you see what happened? Yeah. Well,
1: it took care of itself. Yep. It's all water under the bridge now, right?
2: Well, <laughs> tell Jake from that, I guess. But, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. It's funny. He's, I guess, he's the squad, the practice squad.
1: Yeah, yeah. They were dealing with some injuries there towards the end of the year, and um, and, and signed him. So, um, yeah, Eric Bieniemy's going to go to the Commanders, and I mean, look, if this Washington offense is scoring points and putting up a lot of yards, no more excuses, right? This guy's yeah. got to be a head coach. I'm going to say it. I'll say it again. If Arthur Smith and the Falcons don't make the playoffs this year, I'd consider it.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I I mean, I I think Desmond Ritter has shown enough that he can be a starter in the NFL. He's still got to prove it, but but I do think that can happen. Um, And you know, that's that's the that's the key to the whole thing in the NFL. The relationship with your coach and your quarterback. That's that's step one. Then you got to protect the quarterback and. Get some guys on your team that can sack the other team's quarterback. I mean, it's really not rocket science. That's kind of how it works in the National Football League. 478-646-ESPN is the number. Anywhere you want to go in the world of sports is fine with us. We've had some really great baseball stories today, so if you have one of those, we'd love to hear it. And we're back with more of the Bill Shank Show right after this. Five twenty-four. Russ Brown and Steve Norris back with you, sitting in for Bill this afternoon. Taking your phone calls at four seven eight six four six ESPN. Wherever you want to go in the world of sports is fine with us. And we go to Mike and Warner Robbins. What's up, Mike?
0: Russ, how you guys doing?
1: Great, man. Good yeah, to hear man. from you.
0: Excellent, excellent. Okay, Russ. I know you're not a dog fan, but can you please explain to me why some part of our fan base, even though small, is upset about the Bobo OC hire? Can you explain that to me?
1: Yep, I sure can. I'll give you three things. You ready? Sure. Todd, Todd Gurley, South Carolina game. Draw plays on third and long. And they weren't going to blame Mark Rick for anything, so it all went towards
0: him. Can I counter with Todd Grantham, Willie Martinez, and a lame duck Mark Rick? Is yes, you a can. possible response? <laughs> I, I don't understand, Russ. The guy scored like 35 points a game. You pair that with Kirby's recruiting and, and, and the defense that Kirby's brought, like, why are people upset? I mean, I'm sure you're fans, it's February, you don't have football to watch. I get it, but I'm baffled, man. It doesn't it make any sense?
1: I, it doesn't, Mike. And I I said earlier in the show, I, I wish if I if I could control college football right now, I would have Georgia just continue to win national championships to see how many in a row it would take for people to just be happy.
0: Well, if you don't trust Kirby at this point, Russ, I I, I mean like at this point I, I hate to say it. He's kind of got the Pope thing though. He's kind of infallible, right? Like he yeah. does what he wants. And there's no there's no downsides here. I mean, maybe until he loses a game, but I mean, the last eighteen months, if you don't believe in Kirby and his decision making, then you probably just need to like pick a new team uh, and complain about.
1: I I would agree with you all hardly there. I mean, I just the the program that Mike Bobo is stepping into now is so much better than the pro and the program he that was good when he was there ten years ago. It wasn't like they were a bad football team, but this is just this is on a different level. This is just. Um, I mean, this is this is dynasty-type stuff we're seeing right now.
0: For sure. All right, Falcon draft. Uh, are we taking a tight end in the first round? Can we find an unheralded player out like Montana State? Like, <laughs> what are we going to do? Russ, it has to be offensive line, doesn't it? Like, Do we not have to protect Ritter and give him a fighting yeah. chance to not become a tackling dummy every Sunday afternoon?
1: All right, here, Here's what I would do. Given the opportunity, if one of those four quarterbacks is still on the board at eight with the Panthers picking ninth, I think you're going to have a really good chance to trade back. I think you trade back and you take an offensive lineman or or, or maybe an edge rusher. It's got to be one of those two things. It's got to be pass protection or pass rush. And then you use that extra draft capital to trade back into the back end of the first round to get Darnell Washington to put him in Arthur Smith's system and essentially turn Kyle Pitts into a pro version of Brock Bowers.
0: I'm here for it, Russ. As long as we don't take a tackle, that's, like, Broderick Jones, please. Like, the guy didn't give up sack for two years, like, <laughs> I don't want to find some guy from like Fresno Community College that did a really nice job. <laughs> see,
2: see, w- that's what I was saying earlier. You, you know, the Falcons, they'll draft some 5'8 DB from a Division II school. That, <laughs> Just to know, try
1: to look smarter than everybody else. They outthink
2: yep. the room. Yeah, there you
0: go. Yeah. Well,. Jamari Sawyer on line one, guys. I mean, that's the whole problem with this organization. Like, you, you're going to pass yep. on Georgia guys for some reason, and then you're like, oh, yeah, I'll take a flyer on some weirdo who didn't play in, like, major college football. So I appreciate y'all taking my call as a Falcons fan. This shouldn't surprise me, but I'm like, I'm still astounded. That in the last 30 years, it just never changes.
1: Yeah, that's the Falcons. Right. Hey, Mike, have a great weekend, man. It was Thanks, good to Mike. hear from Thanks, you. Guys. Yeah, there's. <laughs> I'll never forget – Um after the Super Bowl, and you know which one I'm talking about. I looked at my kid. This would have been 16, so he was six or seven years old. And I was like, don't ever be a Falcons fan. Just don't do it. It would have been <laughs> January 17, right? Yeah, January 17. That's yeah. right. Just don't do
2: it. No. That's <laughs> uh, one of my favorite memes Girlfriend, how do I know you're going to be loyal? Me. I'm a Falcons, Falcons fan. <laughs> you it. know I'm going to stick it out. <laughs> oh, my god. Four seven eight
1: six four six espn Let's go to Bobby in Macon. Hey, Bobby.
4: Hey, Russ. Hey, Steve. How y'all going? Y'all sound like a natural on the air today, man. Uh, hey, thanks, today? man. Appreciate it, Bobby. Uh, hey, Russ, I want to take you off the rail for just a second because I'm tired of the Bobo talk, Braves talk, the sorry Hawks talk. Mm-hmm. Man, are you about tired of Roman Reigns and this bloodline and this, yes. this, this stuff? I can't wait till he lose, man. I'm excited about the Elimination Chamber, but I know it's just going to be. He's going to figure out a way to beat Sam Lidane, set up for him to lose to Coder in, in WrestleMania. But I'm trying to figure out which, which version of the title you think he's going to lose at WrestleMania.
1: I, yeah, th- I, you well know, that's a, that's a good question. I I think it would be the the um, I I think it would be the uh, the world championship, so they can keep him on Fox on network TV. I here's what I think, Bobby. I don't know. I don't read now. I don't read spoilers and message boards. I just like to guess this stuff for myself. I think somehow the Usos are going to split up, and 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 one of the Usos is going to help uh, Cody Rhodes beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I think that's what's going to happen.
4: And do, uh so when do you think the Usos will lose a version of that their tag team titles? And and to who? Um as I, I know McIntyre and um uh, is kind of the hot team right now, but yeah. you, you know, um yeah. I, I'm just I'm just you know, it seems like the bloodline has been been going on so long, you know, now you got uh Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley and Seth Rollins and You know they kind of stuck in midcard. There's no Austin, you know Austin theory uh development. So it's just kind of stuck and kind of getting stale to me.
0: Yeah,
1: no, I agree. It is. I'm I'm hoping they lay the foundation to start shaking some things up tomorrow night. I really do because it is. It's getting old.
4: Hey man, it's great to always
0: talk wrestling and hear a little wrestling from you. Y'all have a great weekend. <laughs> All right, Bobby, <laughs> Thanks, take care. Thanks, man. I like Tally on South Park over here. <laughs> <laughs> I have
2: no idea what's going on. <laughs> 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 oh man, can we go on something <laughs> <laughs> else?
1: Oh, yeah. No, big big pay-per-view coming up. I haven't really mentioned that cuz I know it's kind of a it's sport the world of sports entertainment. Yeah. But I I I've talked to Bobby about that before. I do. I'm a I'm a wrestling junkie. I'll admit it. I have a problem. My name is Russ Brown, and I have a problem. Hi, Russ.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I I watched way back in the day when it was Tommy Wildfire, Rich. Oh the yeah, Assassins. Um, did, did you know that one of the remember the Assassins?
1: Right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Did
2: you know one of the Assassins uh, owned Whiskey River? Really? Back in the 90s. I did not know that. Yes. Well, I went to work for Cisco Foods in the late 90s, and that was one of our accounts. And uh, it wasn't mine. It was somebody else's. But I had to deliver something there one day that, uh, that they had forgotten to order. And sure enough, the pi- the picture was on his desk of him with the mask on. And I was like, hey, that's one of the assassins. He goes, yeah, that's me. That's really cool. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Oh, Pretty that's cool. really
1: cool. I remember I, I, I my dad... my. Uh, my dad was not into wrestling, at all. But God bless the man. I convinced him to bring me to an event. It was a TV taping at the Making Coliseum. I must have been like seven or eight years old. So I, I, I mean, I didn't. I just watched on TV. I didn't know like when you went to a TV taping, they did like three weeks worth of stuff. I think Sting and Nikita Koloff wrestled like three times that night.
2: <laughs> well, I didn't
1: know that. But, but I, um, I'll never forget and you might remember this, at the uh, they had an intermission. It's, the show started at like 7.30, and it was the intermission hit at like 9 o'clock, and Dad thought we'd be there for like an hour or two, and he realized it was going to be a long night. And I remember going out to the pay phones just outside the Coliseum, uh, and we called our mom, my mom to let her know that we'd be home pretty late that night. But he stuck it out and stayed for the whole thing. Nice. So I think he even enjoyed it a little bit. Wow.
2: And by the way, uh, I, it was either the Assassins or – remember Mr. Wrestler number one and number two? But wasn't that a thing? A Mr. Wrestler one and two, something like that. It may have been the assassins. Either way, it was it was a tag. T- I was a tag team group, you know. But but either way, yeah, I, I I think it was one of the assassins. But have you ever seen the movie The Wrestler?
1: Yeah, I've seen parts of it. I don't think I've seen it all the way through. It's a pretty good movie. It's yeah, I it it is it it it, it is it really is Mickey Work and oh, what's well, her face?
2: Uh, yeah, uh, I was just trying to think. Of, um, Marissa Tomei. T- Tomei. Ooh, yeah, nice, easy on the eyes.
1: Yes, sir. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, from what I remember of it, it was a pretty good movie. Yeah. It's, it,
2: it's, it's a lot better than no holds barred. It's well done. <laughs> I never saw that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Good. So in the meantime, uh, while y'all were talking wrestling there, I came up with, uh, so here's a topic for your Georgia fans, better Georgia offensive coordinator, Mike Bobo or Mark Richt? Cause remember Rick handled the call, the play calling duties from 2001 until 2006. And then he turned it over. He actually turned it over to Mike Bobo at the end of the 06 season. And so, Rick won two SEC championships. Um, And, uh, you know, had a lot of success as an OC, but he wanted to turn over and concentrate on being a head coach. Mm -hmm. So, Bobo took over in seven. I mean, if if you look it up, it shows that he was the offensive coordinator. He was a quarterback's coach before 07. Yeah. But he took over the play call and duties full time at 07 to 14, and you know I know he went on to be a head coach. But I think one of the reasons why he left after the 14 season was because Jeremy Pruitt was the defensive coordinator, and I don't think he and Pruitt meshed very well. I don't
1: think anybody in Jeremy Pruitt well, there has this ever is really true. meshed well. Yeah, yeah. This is the kind of the reputation he but, has.
2: But either way, I, you know that's kind of a debate there. Oh, Who was yeah. the better play caller, Rick? Or Bobo, I, I just I don't know. It's
1: it's hard because with with Mark Richt you go back to the Florida State stuff, and the and the and, the, and the, I mean you talk about hurry up no huddle. I mean they, oh I
2: wouldn't even think of Florida State. That's they right. really started two Heisman that. winners, two national he, championships. Because I mean
1: he was kind of an innovator mm-hmm. at 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 FSU, and, and I don't
2: there, I, and there's not that signature play from when he was calling plays at yeah. Georgia that people think about. Now granted yeah. there was. There was a couple of stinker games in there for sure. The yeah. the 2002 cocktail party. I couldn't sleep for a week after that loss. Yeah. Oh man, it was
1: bad. Well, I just I mean, I think yeah, cuz if you if you factor in the Florida State stuff, I mean, some of the things they did changed the sport. So Oh,
2: absolutely. Yeah.
1: I so I mean, I, I but in tar- as far as their time at Georgia, I would I, I'd actually say Bobo. <laughs> Okay. Just uh, because,
2: and I don't uh, think there's a wrong answer here. Is this no?
1: There, you know. I don't think so. But it just seems like, from a talent standpoint, after about somewhere between 2006 and 2008, it took kind of a turn. the The program as a whole just took kind of a turn. Um, and 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 I mean, look, still an incredibly talented team, but not like it was when Mark Rick first got here. That, those teams were incredibly
2: talented. Right. Right. You talking about Florida State? No, Georgia. no, no! I'm
1: talking about Georgia. Oh, okay. When when he first got here in the early 2000s, I mean that the depth of talent was was oh yeah. was pretty good.
2: Yeah, uh, Donn left the cupboard pretty full. I mean th- the 2000 Georgia defense, all 11 players went on and played at least some time in the NFL. Yeah. Um, that may be the most underachieving Georgia team in history of the 2000 because of all that talent they had. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean. Rick had plenty to work with when he came in, mm-hmm. and uh, of course, you know O two that got over the hump. But um, I don't know; it just kind of occurred to me. I was, you know, I was like, "Who else has been OC at Georgia? Oh yeah, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> he did it himself. I forgot about that."
1: Yep. No, it, it's that's a that's a good question though. But I I really am curious to see what Mike Bobo does with this offense now because he he had so much success the first time around. You know, and I'm sure he's learned some stuff along the way.
2: Remember, there's three in the last 20 years. There's three Georgia offensive coordinators that have won an SEC championship, and Mike Bobo is not one of them.
1: <laughs> it's true. That's true. That could change oh, next fuel year. Fuel for the
2: fire, you haters. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, man. But yeah, I, I, and I wonder too, like when the first time that, I mean, as Bill said earlier this week, look, they're going to lose a game at some point. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah. It's inevitable. But I wonder, you know, it'll be curious to see how that plays out. Who does get the blame for that? Because I just, it surprises me. Like, I remember when, when the news came down. And first of all, I wish Kirby Smart would have waited like a day or two so we could build it up, you know, for talk radio purposes, not right. five minutes. But, you that's know, how Kirby does things. Oh no, he was ready to go. I mean, obviously the very organized. It's a well-oiled machine up there right now. Mm-hmm. But you know, w- when that news was announced, and you know, I, we go into the phone calls, and I'm start curious to hear where the uh, what the feedback's going to be. And all these people are talking about the haters, the haters, the haters, the haters. And I'm like, well, where is this? Because like on this station, it was probably ninety five, ninety seven percent good. And uh, Jordan Hill was on uh, the midday show with us and we asked him you know how's it been on the message boards and he's like eh, about 50-50
2: i'm like wow well the haters are always going to go quickly to social media i mean they're they're going to run to it you know the, the the ones with the positive comments aren't going to go as quickly as the ones who have an axe to grind
1: well and 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 you know this just kind of popped in my head too is it did they want a more
2: thorough search uh, again they remember the bad times you know it's like a, it's like a, the the analogy I made earlier, it's like, you know, you're, when you find out your buddy's dating his ex-wife again, you know, <laughs> you're like, dude, do you not remember how much you used to argue? <laughs> you know, do you not remember, you know, and your buddy's thinking, yeah, but I loved her. You know, <laughs> She's, she did a lot of great things for me. That's that's kind of what this is. Uh, again, we got a faction of our fan base that, you know, remembers those plays like you mentioned earlier with Bobo, you know, certain things he did. And, yes, there was some consistency missing now and then. Um, but this is the right hire. You, you keep you keep the train going. It's not like Bobo's going to come in and and screw up the talent we have. He's got way more talent than he's ever had. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, I, again, in Kirby we trust.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, that's that, what it comes that's, down. To. That's it, that's the bottom line.
2: One, two national championships in a row. Hey, that's... Uh, I'm not questioning anything anymore. And you did it with. You know, Stetson Bennett.
1: Yeah, I mean that's not a that to me, that's not an infinite statement. Like for for this day forward, you can't question anything he does. But for right. for the man right now, until things start to slip a little bit, because that that'll happen. Whether it's you know five years from now, ten years from now, fifteen years from now, dynasties don't last forever.
2: Especially with all the NIL money now. And, yeah.
1: You know. Oh, it's a lot harder these days than it ever has been. That's for sure. But yeah, I think I think he's built up enough. Uh, what, what is it? Uh, capital that you can you can just trust. Trust your head coach a little bit. We'll take a break. Uh, One more segment for phone calls, 478-646-ESPN. We'd love to hear from you. Back with more right after this.
0: 544.
1: Russ and Steve. One more segment for phone calls here, 478-646-ESPN. Wherever you want to go in the world of sports. Big sports weekend on tap. A lot of a lot of different things going on out there. Um, real quick to update the baseball scores, Georgia has come all the way back now to tie up Jacksonville ah. State 5-5, five five, two out in the top of the eighth inning. So Georgia was down 5-0 early in this game, uh, but they've climbed all the way back to take the lead. And the uh, a football game's breaking out on the flats. Georgia Tech leads Miami of Ohio 14 to 5 in the bottom of the 3rd.
2: And it's official, their baseball offense is better than their football offense. <laughs> <laughs> they scored two touchdowns.
1: But their football defense might be better than their baseball defense. Well, it may be Look, true. the Jackets last year had a great lineup. You cannot. Uh, we I, I cannot stress this enough. You cannot have bad pitching and win in baseball. You have to have pitching. It's a must. Right. It's, an it's
2: absolute like an offensive must. line in football.
1: You, That's yeah. a great comparison. Uh, it, a goalie in hockey. I mean, you have to have that. Uh, we were talking about it today. If you were going to be outstanding on, on one side and, and kind of average on the other, I'd much rather have an outstanding pitching staff with an average lineup than vice versa.
2: Well, pitching staff will keep you in games. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think y'all were talking about it in the midday show. is. Uh, yeah, your offense, you know, well, it may not be great, but it can have a good inning or two, and you know your pitching staff holds them down the rest of the time. Um, I mean, there's a lot of football coaches that are like that have a great defense that'll keep you in the game till the end. That's what Vince Dooley did. Yeah, he put all his best players on defense <laughs> and was in it in, at the end of most games. So, yeah, I agree with you on the pitching. I mean. Um, Rare do you have a World Series champion that doesn't have a a pretty good pitching staff?
1: No doubt. Well, and I know we haven't talked a lot of Braves specifically on the show today, but you know, seeing them uh, picked so highly in a lot of these preseason polls, which frankly, it's kind of caught me off guard a little bit um, because you know, most years it feels like the Braves are kind of overlooked a little bit from the national media, and to have lost Dansby Swanson in free agency and not really made a splash signing, I, f- I thought they'd get dinged for that. But I think it's that pitching staff. It, I, I think that's what people are looking at, it, how so who, deep so who, they are.
2: Who are the stars going to be for the Braves this year? Who, who's number one, number two, number three, number
1: Well, one. you got – all right, Freed's your number one. Freed, obviously, number one. Right? I think Strider's going to be number two. Okay. Um, then you've got um, Kyle Wright, 20-plus game winner. Um, and then – Charlie Morton, is he back? Yeah, they brought Charlie Morton back. I think he'll be number four. And then it's right now. At least it's a battle between Ian Anderson and Mike Soroka for that fifth spot. Now Mike Soroka's got a little hamstring going on already, um, and they some guys but, are just
2: well can't get
1: past the injury. Bro. This is yeah, but it's also the time of year where if you wake up, you roll out of bed the wrong way, they're going to sit you down. They're going to be right. super careful. So, yep. and they and the Braves were saying, you know, this is the hyper, uber, super duper precaution. So I will see, but. You just – I mean, you can't have expectations, can you, for Mike Soroka? You just can't.
2: Uh, it, oh, no, uh-uh. that, that sailed a long time for me. ago uh, uh, for me. Uh, I think it's going to be Ian Anderson. I mean, I'd love for Soroka to come back. I mean, God bless him for, you know, keeping up and keeping up and, and trying to get back. Uh, but, no, I have no expectations. It would be all gravy with him at this point if he stepped up and, and got in the rotation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I'll say it again. If he returns to form, which I don't – again, I just I, I would put the odds of that very low. But if it does happen, the Braves are going to win the World Series.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean – Yeah, he was a machine.
1: Uh, he was – he. I mean, he was putting up, you know, sub three ERAs when he was uh, healthy and right. And that was – I mean, the career was just starting. And he already looked like somebody that could win a Cy Young award, so – yeah, and then I mean Spencer Strider is that guy now. I can't wait to see what he does with thirty plus starts this year. I hope he can stay healthy and make all those starts because, I mean that dude is he's special.
2: So what are the Braves going to do with Freed? As well, far as they're going to resign him, I, try they, and trade him. If they don't
1: resign him, they have to trade him, right? All right, I would think so. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, and I don't know why that extension hasn't happened yet. I don't know what the hold up is there. That's not a good sign. It's not. but, but it, And if they know Max Freed's not going to be around, you can't just let him walk out the door like you did with Freddie and Dansby. You right. can't. You absolutely cannot. I mean, you've got Spencer Strider, who looks like he could be an ace pitcher, but I, I would much rather try to replace a first baseman or a shortstop than I would an ace pitcher. I just you, – you you can't let him walk out the door for nothing. You I, cannot, agree. Cannot, I agree. I
2: agree. By the way, I know we're coming up on the end of the show here, but, um, you know, Tim McCarver passed away
1: yeah that was sad Um,
2: and yeah and um boy talk about a voice from when you heard his voice you knew you were watching major league baseball but uh one of my memories of tim mccarver you remember this when uh at it was after a playoff game the braves had won Deion sanders went over and dumped a bucket of ice on mccarver for because mccarver had said something about Deion. i can't remember what it was i think it may have been that he was Trying to play two sports or something and shouldn't be doing that or so I I can't remember what it was. But um every time I would see Tim McCarver, I would remember Dion coming over in the locker room and dumping that bucket of ice and water on him.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I do remember that. Um
2: What year was that? That, that had to been like ninety two.
1: Ninety two, yep. Ninety two NLCS. Oh yeah, that was against the pirates. Yep. And um they were saying that yeah like you said that Deion Sanders, he was critical of him, um for leaving the braves in the middle of a playoff series to go play football that um, was it, yeah, and then also but he said it could be a breach of contract, and I think that's where the rub came in for Deion Sanders, right, like you can he, i think he took it a little too far you now you're getting into the contract, that's
2: yeah now
1: you don't mess with people's money that's yeah. that's you don't just don't do that don't
2: mess with a man's meal <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> don't. Uh, that was a Dave Chappelle line, a uh, story he told one time. Don't get between a man and his meal.
1: <laughs> um but yeah, that was sad and and I mean, I don't know, I'll be honest, I wasn't the biggest Tim McCarver fan, but like you said, I mean, that he was he had an outstanding career as a player and a broadcaster. Well,
2: right, yeah, what and that's what I meant was when you heard his voice, you knew you were watching baseball. It's kind of like Dick Vitale. You don't, you know, you hear Dick Vitale, you know you know it's not golf on, right? <laughs> it's definitely college basketball. Um so yeah, it's you know from the way we loved baseball like we did when we were in you know kids. Um th- those names now, you know like Vince Scully when they pass it's kind of like, "Oh man, you lose a little piece of that." You know, so um no, he wasn't one of my favorites. Uh but again, he was major league baseball.
1: Yeah. And you know, and I, 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 you know, I'm not a historian by any measure, but it was weird. I knew that he had played for the Cardinals. Yeah. But I, I didn't realize he was Bob Gibson's battery mate.
2: Yes, that's
1: right. I, and I saw a picture of the, them together yesterday after the news had come out that he had passed away, and I was like, wow, that's. I mean, and they were embracing. Now McCarver hadn't gone on to be the broadcaster yet, but I was like, wow, that's some, that's baseball history right there.
2: Oh man, yeah. I, I wish I could have gotten to watch Bob Gibson pitch. Um, from you, know, you listen to the old guys talk about it. most Probably the most dominating pitcher of all time when he had it on.
1: Yeah. I, I wish some of these pitchers in today's game could watch Bob Gibson pitch. Yeah, I mean,
2: he, he had a – I think in like 1968 his ERA was something like 1.12. It was some ridiculous yeah. number.
1: Well, you know, and I'm not comparing uh, Sean Newcomb to Bob Gibson, but Sean Newcomb is one of those guys. It's like – you're six five two fifty. Pitch like it,
2: you absolutely. Know? I thought for sure that guy would finally come around. And if
1: he had kind of that Bob Gibson mentality, I think he could have lived up to all that potential because we've seen it, right? Yep. I mean, we saw him almost throw a no hitter, and we saw him, and uh, there was that game. I'll never forget it. He had a, he came in for the save against the Nationals and looked like Trevor Hoffman. I mean, yep. he was throwing like ninety eight that day, but it just there was something upstairs with him that wasn't clicking.
2: Ooh, Trevor Hoffman. Uh, t- Let's not bring that name up. <laughs> I
1: always think of the '98 NLCS where the Braves. Uh. No, well, when, when I to the Padres, I mean, to the you know, when I think closer, Mariano Rivera and Trevor Hoffman are the first two names that really come to mind. For oh, me.
2: absolutely, man! They were dominating. Um, but you remember that '98 series? No, oh, I don't yeah. know if you remember. The Braves did this several times. They were in San Diego for Game Five, and they figured out a way to to win and come back home. For Game Six, and lost five to nothing. Glavin lost five to nothing. Uh, who, and they had a was it Trevor Hoffman's? Uh, he was a reliever, right? Yeah, he was their closer. Who was yeah. who? Oh man, Hitchcock.
1: Was yeah, that it? Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I'm, for
2: the Padres, just dominated us that day.
1: Yeah, that was that was a rough series, man. Those that that, that that stretch right there when especially that was you know they they had the '96. World Series to Oakland, and then they had that, and then Ted sold the team, and it was just it was never the same after that. No,
2: and then '97,
1: Kevin Brown was on that team.
2: Yes, Uh Andy,
1: Andy Ashby, uh, Sterling Hitchcock.
2: Sterling Hitchcock.
1: There actually. it is. Yep. Yep. Good memories, bad memories, brave memories. It's finally baseball season. As uh, real, real quick, one more time before we get out of here. Georgia five five there in the top half of the ninth inning. Georgia Tech fifteen to five now in the All top right. of the fourth. So. Um, And, of course, Georgia Southern will be getting underway here in about 35 minutes or so in their game against West Virginia. But it should be a fun sports weekend. Uh, Whatever your heart's desire, there's a little bit of everything out there. Um, So I hope everybody enjoys it. And I had a good time taking phone calls today. Uh, Great stories. That was a lot of fun. appreciate everybody calling in and sharing some of your baseball stories with us, Steve. Thanks for sitting in. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's it's been a lot of fun. hope everybody has – A great weekend. You're listening to The Bill Shank Show.